All right, welcome, welcome back. It is episode five of the Beyond the Bar podcast. This is your host, Coach Wes here, Wes Kimball, and my lovely co-host, Mr. Aaron Davis. How's it going? Um, so uh, we just uh, just uh, getting ready for the a big week here. Lots of stuff going on. Um, we're recording this on Thursday. And we're going to post it on Tuesday of next week. Um, so there's lots of stuff that we've got coming up this week at the gym at CrossFit Austin. Um, and we're going to kind of go through those. So uh, most of you guys know we've got CrossFit Classics coming up on Friday. Um, when CrossFit Classics, it's going to be when Randy met Annie. So 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 power snatches or full snatches if you'd like, but only requirement's going to be power snatches and double unders. Um, so you can do that as a team or as individuals. Um, we've got the CrossFit Games coming up. I'm actually heading out to work the CrossFit Games on from Wednesday until Sunday um, with our uh, our awesome partners, Arosti. Um, so we're going to be out there. I'm going to be helping with some ice bass and um, getting some athletes uh taped up and treated and all that business. So uh, excited for that. Should be a, another good trip out to California. It's kind of bittersweet. It's the first year that I've gone out there and we haven't had a, an athlete participating. But uh, either way, we're going to have a good time. Um, uh, Aaron, you've got a, uh, an announcement. What do you got going on, yeah. I guess, in two weeks? Yeah, Monty's going to stop by in, in Austin and uh, start training uh, at the gym on August 4th through the, the 18th. So that should be fun. Going to have him... Uh, Probably doesn't know this yet, but we're probably going to start uh, a little volume loading uh, since he's here. Kind of uses a training camp to see how his body responds since it's uh, firsthand stuff. Uh, probably go through some testing processes and stuff like that as well since he's here. So yeah. uh, it'll be fun to have him here. Also work with Chad and then Thomas and uh, kind of all of us coaches uh, have our hand at uh, tweaking little things on his on his performances. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, Marty uh, being uh, Aaron's uh, distance athlete that he works with from New Zealand, that competed in the, the Australian regional, and he ended up in seventh place. Seventh place in the Australian regional this year, um, and so uh, so it's going to be good to have a uh, kind of a new face, a good athlete. And how long is he going to be here training for? Uh, about two weeks. I mean, two weeks, uh, close to two weeks, a little bit over. Uh, I guess when you live in New Zealand, I, well, I met a lot, a lot, a lot of Aussies uh, when I was overseas in Europe, and those guys just they don't they don't go for weekend trips. They go for like. I feel like it's two true. weeks is a, a weekend trip for anybody from, from that side of the world, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah, even when he got done with the regional, I think he went to Thailand for like two weeks too. So, I mean, nice. two weeks must be his thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's cool. He's going to – so if you, you know, be a friendly face to Monty, he's going to basically be living in the gym for two weeks. Um, uh, so it'll be uh, be good to uh, to just see how another uh, another athlete from uh, another part of the world uh, really gets after the, the CrossFit and gets after his training. So – um, other things, uh, we've got, we want to give a shout out and a big thank you to Judy McElroy for, uh, for helping us with some, some organization in the, the big gym. She, uh, kind of set up a lot of these racks and help us kind of get things off the floor and organized and get the gym looking a little bit better. So big thanks to Judy for that. Um, also Murph, um, we're, we're a ways out, we're about two, two weeks away from, from when we did Murph, it was on July 6th, but uh, we did raise over $2,500 uh, 
um, for the Navy SEAL Foundation. So thank you to everyone that came out and participated in that. Um, it was a great event. We had a ton of people, a uh, ton of fun. I think we had about 75, 75, 85 people that came in and took took on Murph in some form or fashion um, and uh, had a really, uh, really great event for a great cause there. Um, and then last but not least, uh, Coach Thomas is competing in uh, the USA Weightlifting National Championship um, this weekend. Uh, so he'll be competing on Sunday in the uh, 85 class. And uh, we're uh, going to want to wish a big good luck to, to Coach Thomas on that. He's been working. It's one of those things you work all year for uh, for about 30 minutes of work um, out on the platform. So uh, so we're, uh, we're excited for him and hoping he does a great job out there. Anything else that you can think of, Aaron? No, I think that's about it. So we are guestless today. Um, it's so it's just you and I, and that is good and bad. Um, good because Boone and Sharon and other folks have been asking us if we can't shorten the podcast down. So we'll uh, we'll be able to cut about thirty minutes off of today's podcast. Um, let us know if you uh, if you enjoy us talking for an hour. Let us know so we have some kind of counter argument. We like to talk for a long time. I have a feeling this might be worse without a guest here. Us just kind of bullshitting <laughs> about training. Stuff. I think that right, right, right. Um, so uh, so yeah, so we're uh, kind of brainstorming of, of what what we could talk about, what we could uh, you know kind of get across to the folks. And um, I came up with this concept of building a base, or I didn't come up with that concept. I came up. For about came up with the idea of talking about it for the podcast but uh um so this general overall um concept of having to build a base and it kind of goes for anything um and uh, the best example i can think of that that you hear a lot especially in the crossfit world is that you know how many times have you been told or you've heard that you have to have a base of strength to um, kind of participate, not necessarily participate, but to actually compete um, with in, in the sport of CrossFit. I know that I've told people that. Um, Aaron, I know you've, you've told people that plenty, right? And, uh, you know, it's been said over and over again that there's kind of a prerequisite amount of strength or base strength that you have to be able to, to display to even be what we call being in the room with, with these other athletes that are uh, competing in the sport of CrossFit. Um, a, a less common uh, concept and something that we want to kind of touch on today, and, and Aaron will really kind of be able to give us some good insight, is uh, is building an aerobic base. Uh, I think there's a misconception that uh, that you just have to get really strong and have a really sh- sh- strong base of strength um, to be a competitive CrossFitter. Um, and uh, and I, I think that, that when people people are a little short-sighted on that. They don't realize that there's this whole uh, aspect of conditioning and aerobic conditioning that plays a huge part in in people's ability to do lots of work over the course of, of long periods. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And now when we say competitive in CrossFit, uh, just, just so we're clear, um, we're really kind of, you know, and we'll agree on this, you know, being in that top kind of 10% of people that are Either on the cusp of making it to regionals, or or do make it to regionals. Would you Would you agree with that, Aaron? Yeah, for sure. And and not only that too, but I mean, some of the 
stuff you might talk about might be more geared towards that. But I think if you can water it down, the principles stay true to even the, the weekend warriors that want to just compete at CrossFit just, uh, you know, for fun. And they just want to get better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, same principles can apply. Uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be lost on people. It just might, might have to tweak volume or, or uh, you know, workouts through the week. But it should the principles should stay the same. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I think uh, even when we look at, like, our structure for our, our classes – um, again, if we keep this kind of general concept of building a base with our level one or our, our, our foundations class, um, you know, what we're trying to establish is a base of good quality movement, mm-hmm. right? Um, and with that, we want to, um, you know, the best way that we, we do that is doing a lot of quality reps um, in the different movement patterns that we do and, and starting to build strength in those patterns, yeah. right? Um, and then as we move forward into our more performance, um, and as you can kind of see over the past, so the past two weeks, we've restarted a new cycle. We always start with what I call a base strength and a base aerobic, um, cycle. So these two, like this aerobic piece and this strength piece kind of fit really well to each other because they, they stay on the edges where, where we're, uh, we're doing a lot of work, doing a lot of kind of our more stressful training in the uh, the actual strength portion of it, and then more just kind of breathing, uh, consistent. I'm not wallowing down on the floor conditioning where you where you have to maintain kind of the steady state on the uh, the aerobic side of things. And so we start there, and then we kind of work our way to the middle where we get into some more um, kind of the nasty uh, lactic or anaerobic stuff that's that's more of a grind for folks. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um... You know, and that's important. And when we when we talk about this building the base too, I think sometimes people look at it as like, oh, we're just doing pure aerobic stuff and then pure strength work, and we're just missing out on that middle. And it's just that if I look at it, it's almost like our emphasis is on the corners, but we're still touching on the stuff inside once in a while because we can never get away from, uh, you know, of, of doing maybe the uh, specifics. It's just maybe we just lower the volumes, and we're only touching on on that stuff maybe once every ten days. Uh, but really we're spending the most of the time here. So it's not like a black and white world. It's always shades of gray in there as well. Right, right. You know? I think it's important too when we when we think about it, you know, uh, so back to the concept, build a base, right? And they say, uh, I, you know, your pyramid is only as tall as the base is wide, right? If you make sure. a pyramid, right, it's only as tall as the base will be wide. So... Um, what we want to do is we want to take these um, these pieces, right? It requires a lot of aerobic capacity um, to, to, to compete in the sport of CrossFit. It takes a lot of strength to compete in the, port, the sport of CrossFit. Um, but the display of that is more of a combination of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it only makes sense to me that at certain points in the training year that you'd want to break those apart and really focus on the specifics of those two and then bring them back in and, and interlay them together so you have that, that, uh, that experience and that actual specific work of, of, of having something that – a workout that may, you know, through a certain part of it, may be pure strength stuff. Through a certain part of it, you may be getting into more aerobic stuff. And through the middle of it, it's more of that anaerobic kind of knocking on your butt nasty stuff. For sure, for sure. I mean uh... – I think you I think you are lost if you do one without the other, uh, in the sense of like, maybe you go, 
Uh, you know, you hear a lot about block periodization in the sense that it's like, well, we're going to focus on four weeks and just do work capacity in the sense of, uh, you know, strength work is kind of very limited, if not at all, in the program. Um, and then uh, then you see the opposite. We're just doing a strength block and no work capacity at all. Just work focused on strength. Um, and just from an exterior view, I look at that as in the fact that people don't realize that if you do one thing, it kind of pulls on another. So in other words, like say you might lift all the time, but then all of a sudden you get into Metcon without doing work capacity. You know, your brain is weird. It, uh, it picks up on like how you breathe rhythmically. It even picks up on how you move rhythmically. And then it, for some reason, if you haven't touched on that, your body's not familiar, it's all of a sudden now going to cut off that strength that you built up. And it's going to pretty much make you like a you know 12-year-old guy on the playground that doesn't have any strength. It's just because it's it's in a, in a point of stress that it doesn't, that's not adapted to yet. Um, and so I think you really, like I said before, need to always work on, on both the ends and, and always keep a piece of them in the program and never go too far one way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's, let's break it down a little bit for everybody. So we're, we're kind of talking, talking strength and conditioning jargon, but when we say I want to build an aerobic base, um, what does that mean to you? To me, it means everything internally that nobody sees. That means on a circulatory level that we have capillarization happening in the muscles. Uh, in other words, we're building uh, new capillaries to feed in oxygen and blood to the working muscles. Um, that can happen within four to six weeks. Uh, you know, but obviously, you know, it builds up. But you can also, uh, you know, make it more prominent as you start working in this uh, in this in this realm of aerobic uh, conditioning. Also, too, I want to see. Uh, you know, red blood cell count obviously going up. You're looking at mitochondria in the cell, which is the working part of the cell inside uh, that processes fat uh, for aerobic use, for ATP, for the muscles to work. Um, you know, all that stuff, obviously, left ventricle size of the heart, uh, you know, growing. Um, so that way, stroke volume. Um, in other words, you're pumping out more blood into uh, your body. Uh, you're teaching your, your, your uh, you know, your heart to pump out more blood. Um, you know, all that stuff needs to happen. And, and I think people get lost on it, the fact that, you know, they think they can bring in that conditioning within like six weeks, when in reality, uh, you know, even when we talk about marathon training, I mean, those guys have to have a 28-week block of really good aerobic uh, aerobic conditioning for that to even happen. Uh, and then it's a kind of diminished return. So in other words, if you don't do aerobic conditioning, after four or five days, you're losing about 50% of your mitochondria just right off the bat. So... To me, it just makes sense. Like, you have to have that in your program consistently. Like, even when I'm peaking athletes, you have to touch on it. You can't lose it. Yeah, you know? for sure. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the people thinking that they can just grab it, and, you know, what I've seen is that is more, you know, you got six weeks in before competition, and you can grab you can grab that kind of anaerobic, you know, lactic, you know, that stuff, and peak that out for about four weeks at a time. In fact, you only want to peak it out for about three or four weeks at a time. And you get the start, kind of that, that, that instant burst. But what we're talking about is more that long duration over time, being able to continue and continue and just kind of work like a machine. Um, so maybe tell us a little bit more like, so you gave us the, the, the science of it, but what about like the characteristics? If I was looking at somebody that was doing, was in aerobic state, right? They're training, they're working out and and you look at it, and they're keep, we say it all the time, keep this aerobic. What does that look like from that person? Okay. I would say it's a duration. Uh, it's a duration probably past two minutes, you know. So mm -hmm. we'll be doing repeats of four minutes. 
or might be doing a long wad, like say in the open, uh, of 17 minutes, and they're consistently consistently working and never dropping the bar. It's unbroken reps. They're mm-hmm. just at this kind of maintaining this almost 75%, um, you know, kind of effort, and it's it's uh, attainable in a sense where that they can just keep reproducing that effort over and over and over again while still looking controlled. Um, you know, you go anaerobic when your respiratory rate gets to the point where you can't even talk to me. In other words, you're breathing so hard and I ask you a question and you have to take some time to like catch your breath and give me like one word at a time. Mm-hmm. That's probably going a little bit too hard. If you're going aerobically, you should be able to, you know, maybe give me a, you, you can know, maintain that, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah you can, sure. you know, you should it, have to be able to at least give me a sentence. Yeah, you know? <laughs> for sure. I like to think of it too. And I, I've told some of my athletes this is, um, how much work can you put in? Right. So we have this concept of like, uh, uh, what's the the a lot of uh, work capacity, right? So you got uh, long distances over short time, the most work I can put into five minutes, like, right? Sure. And so like when we're looking at like pure, um, like pure sport of CrossFit, like the end of the game, it's you want to see who can do the most work in the shortest amount of time. That's what I'm trying to say. When I look at aerobic work, I say who can put the most work in with that out affecting them that much physically right so if i can pack more work in and still just stand and talk to you and be fine to me that's somebody that's got an amazing powerful aerobic engine sure. right with that you definitely. know a good characterization of it yeah definitely 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 um, a picture. so uh so when we think about stuff and we put stuff on the, you know, on the program that says, hey, this is supposed to be aerobic or we're going to do like 90 to 95% of your aerobic max, you can think of that aerobic max of how much work can I put in and still be able to kind of sit there and have a conversation with you or at least be able to, to maintain some kind of sort of sense and being able to, to know what's going on around you and what's, uh, what's happening. Um, so that's what I say, you know, that's kind of how I, I see the aerobic stuff. So, um, so yeah, so with that, what, you know, what, what are some different, you know, obviously it's easy to see it like long durations, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, but for a lot of people, and you know, this is, uh, this is true for me. I, everything's aerobic after about 30 seconds, right? (laughs) So what are some, some different, uh, you know, what are some different things, that, like when we're training the aerobic system, what does that, what does that look like from a, like a whiteboard standpoint when we write it up on the board? I mean, it could be anything from like, uh, you know, maybe we, I know just recently, I know we've done like say three times six minute AMRAPs, yeah. you know, with maybe two minutes rest in between. The whole workload out of that is looking about what, 18 minutes of work, which mm-hmm. is uh, obviously aerobic. Um, mm-hmm. The rest in between the AMRAP is uh, very short. It's mm-hmm. only one or two minutes. So it doesn't really allow full recovery, just enough to kind of trick your body into thinking that you get a couple deep breaths and then we're right back at it again. Uh, Also, another thing on the board you will see is probably unbroken. In other words, we want you to scale the weight to the point where you can do all the reps and continue to move. Uh, You can still do a six-minute AMRAMP, and it could be anaerobic, even though it's outside the realm. If the weight's too heavy and you only get two reps in and you have to rest or, you know, you go into kind of over the over the red line and you have to rest to wait till you get back underneath it. I mean, if you yo-yo back and forth, that's an anaerobic workout, even though it's outside that that uh, that realm. It's all about consistent work over time, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and so on the board for us, I mean, two by ten minutes, or it could just be, I mean, 
maybe simplify Murph a little bit, take it by half, and you can like kind of motor through it. That would be an aerobic workout for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah. So talk a little bit about that too. Uh, you know, you can when we when we look at the the aerobic work that we do. Sometimes we see it in the form of like intervals where we're doing a set amount of time, then resting, a set amount of time and resting. And then sometimes we'll just see kind of this steady state work. Is there any advantages or disadvantages to one or the other? You know, I think it depends on the person. Uh, I think if, if you're looking for quality, say if you're more of a, like a U-type person mm -hmm. that's kind of more fast twitch in the sense of just uh, comes from the power spectrum. Uh, for you, adaptation to aerobic work would be a lot easier if I gave you six times two minutes with two minutes rest in between. You can focus in the two minutes. You can stay high quality for the two minutes um, and have enough rest to come back and, and repeat that process over and over again. Uh, if it's somebody like me, I probably can handle uh, maybe a 20-minute straight-through workout, low weight, keep moving throughout the whole time. And also, since my aerobic background has been in running and other aerobic stuff uh, since I was a kid, I kind of have the, the – I kind of can pace well. I can feel my body out. So that adaptation for me would probably be just enough stress to – to allow that adaptation to happen. Gotcha. And what would you say, you know, obviously we see the aerobic, we kind of talked about the aerobic work in the realm of like our CrossFit workouts or like mixed modal stuff where you're going unbroken through different exercises and you're moving through, you know, you might be doing wall balls, box jumps, you know, you know, light power cleans or power snatches, um, even, even, uh, you know, like pull-ups if people are, are, are good at pull-ups or just, just kind of a lot of different things just moving consistently. But if we wanted to really like break it down to the best way to, to, to move that way, what, what kind of stuff are we looking at in terms of like the aerobic piece? Like exercise selection? Yeah. Exercise selection or, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're looking at, uh, you want things to turn over fast. So in other words, um, you know, you don't want to like a necessarily a, a heavy squat, you know, where it's taking you forever and a day to get it down and back up. Mm -hmm. uh, you want things to turn over fast. Kettlebell swings are great. Burpees are great. Even taking the, the burpee push-up out of it. So in other words, it would just be a sprawl and back up is, is awesome to kind of keep moving. Wall balls are good. Uh, you know, obviously running, rowing, uh, a lot of the cyclical stuff uh, kind of goes into play there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, short... And generally when you test, like if you were to like test, test pure aerobic ability, would you say that those cyclical pieces would be the primary way, or, or would you prefer to do it with the kind of CrossFit mixed modal type stuff? Yeah, it kind of depends on what athlete you're looking at. I think a great start for most of our athletes is to find, um, you know, some good benchmarks off the cyclical stuff uh, to see where they are, just energy base wise. You know, where they, where they, where they, uh, where they going when they have to do that work. As they start getting more specific, you need to test with a mixed modal. Uh, workout um, because this is the tricky thing about CrossFit is that power output in a rower is not the same as power output in a thruster so in a sense where different muscles are working and stuff like that um, and so if different muscles are working then you need to test those those movement patterns and see where they are aerobically uh, but it does give us a good foundation cyclically and stuff mm -hmm. definitely with the athletes we do here in the gym I mean we, we definitely want to see what what's going on with the cyclical stuff so. yeah and you wrote the the article on the the VO2. How does that kind of fit into the picture? You know, VO2 fits in the picture in the sense of, you know, it's like how much oxygen one can consume and and use in a sense. And obviously, if you have a high VO2, um, you know, you're going to be pretty efficient. Uh, you know, and and so I think that's something we need to work on. Uh, like I said, you just can't bring that around. Um, yeah. In fact, you know. 
for most running circles or most endurance circles in rowing or, uh, or running or even bicycling, uh, you know, you're looking at, you need at least 12 weeks to really kind of peak that out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that has to be a, a, a play in it as well. And that needs to be something we need to look at. And you can really figure that out by doing like the, the test we did, the 12 minute test. Um, you know, you can even get like markers in a, in a 2k row or a 5k row mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, stuff like that as well. Um, so it's just not, you know, it's just not uh, a running thing as well. Yeah. Cool. And where would you say your aerobic base, where does that fall in, for you in terms of priorities with your athletes? Is it, you know, we've got kind of these three spectrums in the sport of CrossFit. We've got, you know, you got to have a requisite amount of strength, right? You've got to have this big, vast kind of aerobic base to be able to continually do these things Mm -hmm. and you have to have the third piece which is a lot of people would define as mental toughness or um you know the ability to suffer but to me that's really that kind of anaerobic lactic piece like that's the stuff that hurts Mm -hmm. right and you have to be able to do that you have to go there um and so i feel like there's these three pieces that we're always kind of touching in or 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 working through you know, are those all on equal ground, or do you do you prioritize one over the other, or does it depend? Yeah, I think it depends on the on the you know, time of year. I think uh, maybe in the base phase, if you call that, or general prep phase. You know, you might be looking at it might be a forty strength, forty percent strength, forty percent aerobic, you know, twenty percent anaerobic, and then as you kind of roll through, those percentages might change uh, mm-hmm. closer to where anaerobic takes priority uh, and certain strength uh, stuff takes priority. Uh, you know, but uh, like I said before, the pieces are pieces are always there, um, and also too, you know, we always talk about like this aerobic side, but and when I say the pieces have to be there, is that the anaerobic contributes to the aerobic as well. So, um, just like marathoners, if you think about it, they they are very low power output, um, and they can go forever. But taking a marathoner and throwing an eight hundred, all of a sudden that power output now they're they're trashed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they start working that 800 meter stuff kind of why they do the marathon stuff. Now all of a sudden they can kind of bounce back and forth and not have that harshness when they, when they do it. So that's the same thing with CrossFit. We can't, can't get away from the harsh stuff. You know, you have to always touch on it once in a while. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I said, the the priority is always going to switch through, through periods. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And you know, I think again, we've, we've talked mostly about the aerobic side of things, but I, I think there is a lot to be said about, um, just in the sport of CrossFit and training in general, uh, you know, there has to be a base of strength and there's really no way around it. Yeah. Right. Um, so when we look at getting stronger, um, and when we look at the people that, um, have aspirations to, to be competitive in the sport of CrossFit, you know, the, the biggest thing I see, so this is kind of the way I see it just as like an overgeneralization, but, you know, people come in and they're really too weak for the sport, right? Sure. For the most part, depending on where they come from. If you come from a, you know, a, a background of maybe collegiate athletics or, or power sports, then you have that base. And then you, you, you kind of, once you have that base, then those folks are, are usually lacking on the aerobic side, right? They've sure. never spent this this time um, developing this, this deep base of aerobic capacity. And so, um, so on both sides of the... Uh, of the equation, you know, you got your, your folks that might come in and they're general fitness folks and they've done a lot of running or they've 
played soccer or they've done things and they've got a great aerobic base and they've never really lifted weights before, or you have these athletes that are coming in from power sports, whether it be football or Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting, and they've got a great um, you know, base of strength, but they just don't really have that aerobic piece. They've never really trained that aerobic piece. And I think for, for both of them, um, the, the kind of key is that it's, uh, it's kind of this tortoise and hare mentality. For both of them, you, it, it actually takes a long time, and we're talking years, to develop a base of strength and a base of aerobic capacity. Would you agree? For sure. Yeah. yeah. The one thing about this too is that, uh, uh, you know, I think sometimes people go too far on the spectrum. So in other words, they, they might get really strong, mm-hmm. you know, for, for that time period. Um, but then when you add volume, all of a sudden they get, they actually get weaker, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's the thing that why you, you have to find strength while still having a lot of the volume, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, um, and that's kind of the, the key is that you can't just get strong and then stay away from the volume. Then when you throw the volume on, now all of a sudden you're weak again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to get strength within the realms of what you're trying to do. Right. So you have to keep a certain amount of volume and mm-hmm. still get strong within it because that's like your mm-hmm. true uh, strength that you will use in competition. Yeah. Uh, and same thing aerobic-wise. You can't just take off, you know, say, oh, I need to get better aerobically and then, you know, do that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you might have a great aerobic capacity. Then when you throw the strength in and now all of a sudden it's starting to to mix and match and it's not feeling mm-hmm. right on the aerobic side either. I think you have to do everything all the time. And yeah. that's where it comes down to discipline. There's no shortcuts in whatever sport that you can get away with not doing everything that your sport demands. Right. You know, there's no shortcuts. And I yeah. think that's the thing. And if you pick CrossFit, there's going to be some volume. Yeah. I mean, you can't get around it. There's going to be days. And it's. And I think some people think, well, I need to put more in my hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, when they think about increasing volume or I need to do longer Metcons. Mm-hmm. If you look at that, you always think if you're going to do longer metcons, chances are that that the last 20 minutes of your of your of your workout is going to be shit. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to be quality. Mm-hmm. And so the the idea is that it's not necessarily adding more to that one session; it's actually adding sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like with Madi, he averaged uh, you know towards the the mid of his his bulk of volume, he was doing two to three workouts a day. This year, we're probably going to be four to five. Yeah. He doesn't know that yet. He probably will now. Uh, you know, Welcome to Austin, Mike. Yeah, yeah, sure. and, and, you know, that might seem crazy, but they're just going to be short little stints. Maybe a strength piece, a tech piece, uh, a wad, you know, maybe a, an aerobic wad to wash out what we did before and then mm-hmm. something else. Uh, maybe another strength piece to, to work on some more fast twitch uh, mm-hmm. endurance while he's in a glycogen depletion, uh, depleted state. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of different things we can play with, but he needs to do that because what are you going to see at regionals? Yeah. You're going to see multiple workouts in a single day. Mm-hmm. Your body needs to be able to do that. I think it's uh, not necessarily pulling the wool over your eyes, but in a sense, and getting to regionals, it's just you can be a one-hit wonder, you know, yeah. and, and through the open. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can do that one workout and do it well, and uh, yeah, you might do great, but it's really about the battle of attrition in the sense of at regionals. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, you might have an awesome Fran, but yeah. okay, that's cool. Now do Fran four times yeah. in that day and see what you can average. You know? Yeah. And we saw it this year, you know, even, you know, the, you just can't like, you can't afford to have one bad workout. Right. Um, yeah. at regionals, it's the competition has gotten so high that that one bad workout and you're out of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and so if there's one piece of advice that I could give to people, like I said, you have to have the tortoise and the hare mentality. So when we look at people, like, well, let's take Chad, for instance, right? So Chad, 
is relatively one of the strongest people in the world, right? He he can snatch and clean and jerk, and um, at 77 kilos, which is about 165 pounds. So his strength to body weight and his explosive strength to body weight ratio is in a percentage in the entire world, right? The man's been to the Olympics twice, right? That he's probably in the top five to ten percent strongest people. Yeah, relative strength, strength to body weight, maybe more, yeah, in the entire world. For sure. Right? And yet, and I'm not knocking Chad, I love Chad, he is not the CrossFit Games champion, right? He is he's a he's a great athlete, he's an Olympic weightlifter, but Chad has spent the last fifteen years or yeah, fifteen. Yeah. We had him on the podcast last time. Uh, 15, you know, 10 plus years building this enormous base of strength and explosive strength. Mm -hmm. And he has been so focused on Olympic weightlifting, as he should be, the man's been to two Olympics, right, Um, that he's completely negated any kind of aerobic conditioning. Now, Chad has spent the last two years getting into CrossFit and, and, you know, and playing with that and doing some CrossFit competitions. And, and, And don't get me wrong, he stepped right into it and he did... You know he he can he can compete right he can he can knock gloves with with folks but he's not at he, because his aerobic capacity is so low right now he's not going to uh, you know he didn't you know he didn't make it to regionals this year right? yeah no and so so I think it's 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 important to realize that that does Chad have a chance to be a great CrossFitter if he chooses to be one I think he does I think if he spends another two years or a year and a half. Just building like the aerobic base that's requisite for a uh, a CrossFitter. I I think the man has got all kinds of of, of opportunities to be a great CrossFitter. Um, on the flip side of that, right? Um, we see people that come into to the sport as you know marathoners, triathletes, and things like that, and and they're you know weak as a feather. Yeah, they're getting crushed by yeah. weight. And so, you know, we're looking at how can we make them stronger? Well, that's going to be a three or four year process to get them to the requisite strength levels that you would need to be competitive. Are they able from just a straight conditioning kind of aerobic capacity standpoint? Or if we were to put them on a VO2 test versus versus other competitive CrossFitters, would they would they be able to knock gloves with them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the I was looking at some studies before. I don't know if they've been, I don't know how accurate they were, but they showed like OPTs and some other CrossFitters, you know, and their VO2s aren't like, they're not like crazy good, you know, I mean, like they're like, uh, I think it's leaving like in the 60s or 65, 70 range. I think when I was tested, I was like 75 uh, back when I was running. Granted, I was a middle distance runner, but I mean, like you're talking about like, say, cross country skiers getting scores of 80, some of the elite athletes and running are 80s, you know, or past 80s. I think one of them, uh, or so I mean those are pretty high scores I mean that's the thing about CrossFit is that you have to look at it as that you're going to be in the gray area you can't get the strongest as possible as as physically possible uh, if you're doing everything at once and you can't be as fast or have the best capacity that you could possibly have if you're doing everything all at the same time you only have so many hours of the day Mm -hmm. that's why Chad is a he's a he is like an assassin when it comes to the Olympic weightlifting because he's done the specifics all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get good at certain 
aspects of one sport. Mm-hmm. But when you add them all together, you somehow now, even though you might be really specific, you're now worked your way kind of in this gray area. And now it's now two over can like maintain both of them at the same time yeah. is going to be the better yeah. better athlete. And again, and then and so like that is when we look at the time that it takes to to get there. It is uh, you know. I think that the biggest thing that if I could give advice to people is is to always look at this as a multi-year process. Can you compete in CrossFit and do things? Absolutely. Absolutely. I encourage people to go out there and compete and have fun with the sport. Um, if you want to compete at the level of that regional level, for some folks, it's going to be a multi-year uh, training. And then you have to look at it. You know, we look at collegiate athletes, right? They're, they're based, you know. They spend four years. A lot of them, you know, start out as a freshman. Maybe you redshirt. You spend two or three years, kind of riding the pine, being on the scout team, and then your junior and senior year, you know, maybe you get in, you get to play, right? For sure. Um, even even Olympic athletes, they train for four years for a competition every four years, and so I think the mindset should be um, for folks that are are trying to um, to get better, and, and they have that as a goal as a as a CrossFit athlete is. Hey man, I got to look at this from a a, a, pers- uh, a multi-year perspective, right? I've got to continue to put good training year after good training year to develop what I need to do. And and it, you know we even see it in the gym. We see the guys that um, that have consistently that are consistently the top CrossFitters in our gym. You know the Miguel's, the Stacy's. Um, you know even somebody like Judy. They have spent years and years and years um, training whether it be specifically for CrossFit or something else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I think that, that when we, again, to kind of pull it back to, like, building the base, that's what you're doing. When you put a year of good training on top of a year of good training on top of a, good, a year of good training, you are essentially building a base for yourself that you can continue to layer on top of and, and improve on. Definitely. And, and with that said, too, um, the only way to do that is to have good quality movement to have that also as building a base in the sense of maybe you have to revisit movement again. Yeah. You know, each each base period because um, the one thing you're going to start seeing, especially in the sport of CrossFit, and this is some maybe the purest of the CrossFit world, maybe that don't like this, but the more money and more talent that's going in the sport, the more people are going to make this an elite competition where you're going to start seeing physios, chiropractors, um, stuff like that, working with athletes to make sure that mobility is in place because uh, – you think about it, you know, all things have to be in check. You know, movement quality has to, so that tissues, yeah. tissue quality is good. Efficiency I mean, based. That's what we should do too, right? You have to be able to move well, right? For sure. Because sure. if, if not, you're doing repetitive movements over and over and over, especially on the elite side, that might not be, you know, if you don't have very good movement, you might be doing some damage in the long run. You know, looking at joints and ligaments and stuff like that, uh, that maybe aren't moving the way they should be. Uh, so you might have to revisit movement efficiency over, over, and over, and over again, or have physios and stuff like that checking things out, or your coach checking things out, doing ART, stuff like that, because uh, it's going to start getting high-end, and now that especially the sports science side uh, are starting to do more studies on concurrent training, both strength and uh, endurance training, we're starting to see the, the aspects of how they can blend, or how they cannot blend, uh, it's just going to get deeper and deeper, it's not going to be like it used to. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's really about who's going to be able to train smarter mm-hmm. over the long term and start putting, like you said, years of good, healthy training on mm-hmm. um, is going to end up being, you know, probably, probably the victor. And if you look at it like Rich Froning, I mean, the guy's movement is on cue. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, uh, he's been pretty much injury free. Um, and I think that's what it's really going to take year after year. And it's, and maybe it's not like, I know sometimes we get out of the gate and we're like, oh, we're just going to attack this hard. And then people load a lot of work at one time and they get hurt. I think it's going to be about more of a marathon mentality of just kind of grinding year after year and building that base. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to rank. We're, we're building a base. I'm going to say you've got three bases that that you have to you have to have at a high level to to compete right to be in the room you have to have a base of quality and efficiency right if you move well right you're gonna you're gonna avoid injury right you're gonna be more efficient in the workouts that you do whether it's strength based or it's um, more of a conditioning based workout Um, and you're gonna be able to stave off fatigue right not only are you going to be able to move faster um but if i'm efficient with my movement then i'm using less you know fuel substrates and things like that sure. then I'll, i'm going to be i'm going to be able to maintain a, a, a longer power output without getting fatigued for sure yeah. okay so i think that's most important because you can't the the number one thing right the number one thing if you you can't train if you're hurt right yeah. if you're hurt then you're missing big chunks of training and so, so moving well and having quality as your first foundation, your first base, is 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 number one. Okay. And now this is where we might we might disagree, right? Be, sure. My background versus your background, right? I would say secondly, you have to have a base of strength, right? So you have to. Uh, time and time again, we see athletes coming to this come into the sport, and they have this phenomenal amount of strength and they can get in and they can knock gloves with with folks right they may they may be toast their win may be done in 30 seconds like mine is right yeah but you can still compete you're kind of in that middle ground that like 50 percent where you're like you're not you're not the you're not going to be able to to achieve the elite levels in the sport but you're strong enough that you can at least um that you can at least compete and you can you can make a good showing, right? You can come in and be be one of the best guys in the gym if you're just the strongest guy in the gym. Yeah, no, I mean, I would actually agree with you because yeah. if you look at CrossFit the whole, uh, it's not, I mean, endurance obviously is a huge part of it, you know, for, mm-hmm. for doing, for competing and stuff like that, but it's really, you have to be the strong guy. Yeah. I mean, you can't get away from it. I mean, if you look at some of the CrossFitters now that are making or on the verge of making the national team for Olympic weightlifting, Okay, but they couldn't make a high school cross country team. Yeah, that tells you right there that chances are strength's going to take a part. Yeah. So I would definitely rank strength second to that. Right. Sure. Yeah. And again, it's it's another one of those. It's a base, right? You have to build that base of strength, and that may take three, four. You know, you look at you know myself as an example. I've been lifting weights since I was fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm almost thirty. I'm twenty nine. Right. <laughs> I got six got six months until 30 so um so it's a it's a multi-year process to to build up uh a requisite amount of strength and and i would say i'm just on the cusp of being you know uh you know at one time all my my goal was just to maintain to be as strong as like the top guys were i knew i wasn't going to be as good a crossfitter was but i want to be as strong as they were for sure and now i've gotten surpassed (laughs) by most of the top guys but i'm trying to get back up there with them right so um and then I would say that that conditioning piece, right? So that base of aerobic uh, 
capacity that's going to allow you it's going to allow you to train more it's going to allow you to put in more work over the course of a weekend competition or or a regional type competition where you're having to do four five six workouts at a time um recovery is going to happen so much faster day to day because of it mm-hmm. uh, you have to think about like if you are training your circulatory system to transport more uh, to all the working muscles i mean even as at sleep uh, stroke volume will be better that's why we take your resting heart rate and uh, as you get fitter it should get lower because mm-hmm. there's more being pumped out each beat um you know so it helps in all realms yeah you know? uh, but yeah yeah so yeah absolutely and then and then within the context of all that, right, there, there's your framework. There's your framework of what you have to do. And, you know, I think another kind of – everybody talks about the mental aspect of, of CrossFit and being able to kind of grind through the, the shitty parts when it hurts. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. That is incredibly important. But what I see in athletes are the ones that are able to work consistently, whether that means – I can do. I can train in the morning and the evening. I can, you know, put together three, four weeks at a time of training, and I can do the stuff that's not as sexy. It's not as fun, right? I can, I can really work in and work into the fundamentals. I can do the foam rolling and the stretching and the, you know, the the movement quality stuff that I I have to do, and uh, you know, being able to do that over the long haul is just a, as big a part of that mental piece, right? Being able to focus over you know, an hour long workout where you're working, you, you may be just sitting on a rower for an hour, sure. right? Sure. Or an aerodyne for a rower. Mm-hmm. Can, do you have the focus? Do you have the mental capacity to do that? I guarantee you, if you have the mental capacity to, to maintain that kind of work, you're damn sure going to have the mental capacity to, to work in and, 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 and grind through some, some hard parts when it comes into, to, to, uh, to, to an actual workout or a competition. Yeah, and I think, well, at last, you know, uh, when we talked to Chad, he mentioned that, you know, he just stuck with it longer than everybody else. Right. You know, like, and my coach uh, in college once said, he goes, you know, the road to the top is lonely. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to do things that nobody else wants to do. You know, there's going to be times at the gym where you are going to be by yourself. And maybe you are on a row for 20, 30 minutes. Uh, and that's just workout number one of the day. Um uh, being on a rower sounds miserable to me for 30 minutes, you know? <laughs> oh, <man>. I mean, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but that is literally, you have to do things and all that, the movement stuff that you said, mobility, you know, maybe going to see a physio, going to see some people that uh, can help you out. I mean, like. I had to, sorry to interrupt, but I heard, I don't know, I can't remember what I was listening. I was listening to another podcast and they were, and they had something that I thought was just spot on. They said, people have to. When they look at the sport of CrossFit, they have to be willing to put in as much effort into their recovery as they do their training. For sure. And and that's that's something that's missed on a lot of people. You know, if if you're working hard and you hit a plateau or something, that's one of the first places I'm going to go and say, "What's your recovery look like? Definitely. You sleeping? Are you nutrition you know, wise? Yeah. Are you are you getting are you eating good stuff? Um, are you getting enough of the right kinds of foods? Are you um, you know, are you stretching? Are you foam rolling? You know, ice bath, all that stuff. You know, the yeah. thing is, somebody's going to be doing that. No, right? definitely. And like, it's funny now. I look at the people I'm training in New Zealand, and I, I think every single one of them. I know, I know, Madi and his gym has a physio on staff. I think uh, the, a couple of other guys too. Just uh, even only yesterday, Wes uh, was telling me that uh, he went to the physio. Um, 
it's something that is now starting to blend in in the sense that like these guys, there's money involved. They want to do well. They know that it's now starting to become like an elite sport, almost yeah. like track and field. Where I mean, those track and field athletes, they have physios and their coaches that travel with them everywhere they go. Yeah. Um, the next step of this is not no longer a guy in a gym getting home from work and, and killing it, and then you know going to the games and winning. I mean, Rich Froning is a strength coach who's around a gym all day. Yeah. He works out all day. Yeah. You know. Um, and so it's going to end up being that way. And mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, like you said, it, it is taking care of now just the little things yeah. outside rather than just what's what's happening yeah. in the gym. And, and I think that, well, one, we've effectively probably made training for something like this sound like the worst thing possible, <laughs> right? So, and that's not the point. That's not, that's not the point, you know. The point is that there's a lot of work that has to be done. Mm -hmm. There's, there's going to be sacrifice that has to be made. For sure. And, you know... You know, people that are willing to do that. There's people that are willing to do that. Somebody, you look at somebody like like Julie Fouché, right? She's this year she didn't compete, but last year she was, I think, third place in the games, and she was a full time medical student, sure. right? And so, so it's not that that we're saying it can't be done. It's just that you have to understand and you have to, you know, accept the fact that there's a lot of work to be done. And if you do that work, and and this is what your goal is, then it's going to be an incredibly rewarding experience, oh, sure. you know, and, and that, and that's how, that's, that's how it works in any sport, right? Mm -hmm. You sacrifice, you work hard, you put in the time, you pay your dues, right? You build your base, right? And then, you know, maybe after four years, maybe after two years, depending on how you are, you start to see the fruits of your labor, but it is definitely, um, you have to be willing to, to make those sacrifices and, and to have that kind of that delayed gratification mindset where, where I'm going to, I'm going to put this work in today. So someday down the line, I'm going to get it. And then when you look back, it's, it's not even about what happens, right? It's, it's the journey. It's always the journey. And you say, all right, whether you win, lose or draw, you know, you're, you're better for putting in that time and putting in that work. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, uh, as I get older and, and I start trying to motivate, motivate myself for fitness, the thing that killed me is that I was always wanting to be elite. Like I always wanted to win. And like, I was always putting myself against like Olympians. And now you look at it and it's like, okay, maybe I want to do all these little things and just test to see where my body can go. Yeah. You know? And I think that's probably more realistic for everybody in the mm -hmm. sense where like, yeah, you can use this CrossFit as a vehicle for that. You can see how strong and how much you can endure over long periods of time. You can recheck workouts. If you have a coach, you can start finding benchmarks. If there is a weekend competition and if you do it year to year, see how you're starting to play. See how mm -hmm. you improve year to year. Um, I think self-exploration in the sport of CrossFit is unlimited. So uh, if you're in the right situation, you know, I know we're talking about, oh, well, you can do this or this to be elite. But these principles can be used even at that level as well just to, to see progress. Yeah. And trust me, if you do all the little things, you will progress. That's mm -hmm. a guarantee. Yeah. Um, but it's just being willing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, we have successfully rambled on for 50 minutes now, yeah. which so much for 30. Well, so we we did not we did not make it within the time cap, as they say. Um, so maybe we'll do better next time. Um, but uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed uh, the podcast today, and um, we're going to be looking for another guest here on our next podcast that we'll have in. Uh, in about in two weeks. So every two weeks is what we're trying to do with this podcast. And if we can kind of get a good line of guess, maybe we'll start making it week to week. But we're not ready to make that commitment yet, right? For sure. <laughs> All right. So the phone, re is, phone is ringing. So that obviously means it's time for us to get off the radio. So thank you, guys. Have a good week. Yep.